again, page 636. I believe we just sang this song last week, but the Lord impressed it upon my heart. They sang that song, No One Else. Amen. There's nothing we can do for ourselves, but Christ can. Amen. He's the only one that could die for us. He's the only one that can help us today. Amen. Amen. 636. No, not one. Think about each and every verse as we sing it. None other like him. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal all our souls' diseases. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No. Once you meet him, you fall in love with him. Amen. Once you see him and what he did for us, 
548 will dismiss Junior Church on this song. So Brother Johnny will lead them down to the Junior Church service. 548, more love to thee. Mark chapter number 6 this morning. We begin reading in verse number 30 and have a little bit of a lengthy reading this morning. Verse number 30, beginning Mark 6, the Bible says, And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told them all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately, and 
People saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of all cities, and outwent them, and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were as sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away. That they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred penny worth of bread and give them to eat? And he saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say, Five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. We just pause there to say, isn't it interesting, the perspective? For one, it was a desert place, and yet the Lord said, sit down on the green grass. They sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they did eat of the loaves, and they that did eat of the loaves were about five thousand men. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he, went, he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when, he, but when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves. For their heart was hardened. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for your word this morning. We pray that you would bless it to the hearts of the hearers. Lord, make us different. Make us changed, Lord, for what we'll hear this morning. God, I pray that we would see truly that you're in the midst of the storm. God, that we would simply believe and not have hard hearts. God, I pray that you'd bless now in this time. Lord, bless your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I think that this whole passage of Scripture goes together, although when you read oftentimes, you always see the miracles of the Lord separated, and you see two here, you see the feeding of the 5,000, which in the Bible storybooks is on one page with an illustration, and then in the next page you have the, uh, you know, Jesus walking to them on the water, and that's its own story, but these two things go together, and they're connected by the fact of verse 52 that something had happened here in which the disciples should have considered what the Lord had previously done, but because they were not in consideration of what the Lord had already done, 
They didn't appreciate what he was doing. Amen. And here we have in verse number 30, of course, the beginning of the story of the 5,000. We notice that the disciples here had gone for some rest and relaxation with the Lord. The Lord says to them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. In verse 31, For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. These men were busy in the ministry with the Lord. And you notice that the rest and relaxation was for them, not for the Lord. He says, Come ye apart and rest yourself. And, you know, we're going to get something to eat. Sounds like the Lord and His disciples were going to take a little vacation from the ministry and go and get some much-needed rest and relaxation. If you've considered what's already transpired within the book of Mark, you're going to know that they had been very, very busy. The Bible says here there are many people coming and going. And they never even had, they never had any leisure, not even enough to eat. Now listen, I know that a good Baptist is not going to miss a church, is not going to miss a meal for a church service. I've, I've heard before, well, you know, so-and-so, well, I didn't even get home in time to eat supper. Well, most of us could do without one supper here or there, amen? But they had not even had time to sit down and have anything to eat. They'd had no meals. They'd just been busy working and busy in the ministry, and they were tired and they were weary in the body. And you know how it is. Just about the time that you're going to sit down and put your feet up for a few minutes, look at verse 33. The Bible says, the people saw them. Oh, look there, the Lord and the disciples. Looks like they're trying to get away. Looks like they're trying to take off here. They'd got into this little ship and they'd gone off into this desert place, but the people saw them. The people saw them departing and many knew Him. They said, hey, that's the Lord. That's Jesus and those disciples there. And they ran afoot thither out of the city and out went them. You know what that means? They got to where Jesus was going before Jesus got there. Now, folks, Jesus and his disciples were getting away for a little R&R, &R, going away for a little meal. I don't know what they were going to eat, because when the crowd came, they only had a few fish and a few loaves. But, I, I mean, the Lord might have been going to set a miracle table in front of them. I don't know, but the Lord said, boys, you're tired. We need to go get some rest. We need to go out into this desert place. But the people saw them going. And that's just like small town Nova Scotia. Oh, there goes so-and-so. wonder where they're going. Amen. And if you can't follow them in your vehicle, you're getting on social media to try and find out, oh, well, I, wonder. I, saw, I noticed Andy and Rachel and their whole family weren't there. I wonder where they were. Wonder where they're going. And they found out where they were going and they got there before Jesus. Just about the time you're going to have some rest. You know how it is. The phone rings. Something happens. Something's going on. You're just trying to get away for a day. You're just trying to have a few minutes for yourself and the phone rings. And listen, I know unfortunately how I am when that happens to me, amen. I'm not at all happy about it. Don't they know I've been busy? Don't they know that I've been running and going and I'm tired and I just would like to have one day and the phone ding, ding, bling, boom, bling, bling. bling. Well, I think that's exactly 
how the disciples felt about it. But that is not how the Lord felt about it. All those people saw them going, they ran out of their cities, out went them, and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, now I don't know where they were in, but wherever they were in, he came out. And when he came out of wherever he was in and saw much people, he was moved with compassion. They were not a bother to Jesus. Aren't you glad you're never a bother to Jesus? Even when Jesus as a man was looking for a little rest, when he saw much people, when he saw that much people had need of him, he was moved with compassion. And you know what Jesus did on his vacation? He taught them. He sat and taught them many things, the Bible says in verse 34. That's the Lord Jesus, amen? And the Bible says when the day was far spent, verse 35, his disciples came to him and said, Lord, this is a desert place. Lord. Now, nobody goes to the desert on vacation. You say, well, I'd like to go to the desert. You know, down there, okay, enjoy Phoenix at 125 degrees. Nobody goes to the desert for vacation, amen? This was not... What they're telling the Lord is, Lord, this is supposed to be a deserted place. By the way, there's not green grass in the desert, is there, Brother Jerry? Amen? It's brown. Everything's brown. They're saying, Lord, it's the end of day one of vacation, and this, Lord, is a desert place, Lord. And now the time is far past. They, Lord, have overstayed their welcome. We came here for vacation. We did not come to hear you teach. We did not come to see you perform miracles. We're tired. We just want to get a meal. Amen. Now, if I'm going out for a day, I'm getting a meal. I'm here to tell you a good day off is capped off with an extraordinary meal. If you're not eating good on the day off, it's no good. And I'm not talking about, un- I mean, you can have it as healthy, but I'm talking about a good, Leanne, I, I mean, when we go on a date, here's Leanne, we could go home for supper. We could just save the money and go home. You know, or, you know, we could just, we could pack a lunch and take it with us. No, hey, Wyatt, we're not doing that, are we? We're going for a meal, brother, Amen. Amen? I mean, something. And they're saying, Lord, this is supposed to be a desert place, and the time is far past. It's time for them to send them away. How many of you have ever had somebody drop in and you're thinking, just how do I get rid of them? (laughs) I just was hoping to sit down and enjoy a book or do, you know, and hear these people show Honey, tell them to go. Send them away. Why? That they may go into the country roundabout and in, into the villages just anywhere except our desert place, Lord. Any country, any village, send them away and tell them to buy themselves some bread. Because we're not giving them what we got. 
They want to follow us out here on vacation. Lord, bless God, they can pay for their own food. Don't you dare, Lord, perform some miracle and put out some T-bone steaks for them. This is our desert place. This is our time together. Get rid of them and tell themselves to go buy their own bread. For they have nothing to eat. And they're sure not getting any of mine. Now you say, you're taking liberty. I don't think so. I don't think so because the Lord is about to teach them a lesson. Amen. He says unto them, give ye them to eat. They said, okay, Lord. Who do you think leads up this line of statement here? Well, I don't know. I think Judas. He was the one holding the bag. He said, shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to... Lord, do you think that we're going to take out... Lord, we don't even have a place to lay our head. We don't even have a... You're going to have to provide us a meal. And do you think we're going to take 200 penny worth out of the treasury to buy them who have ruined our vacation a meal? I don't think so. And he said to him, how many loaves have you? Can you imagine? How many loaves have you? <sighs> Lord, you're not getting the point. This is vacation. Desert place. Us and you. That's it. Enough with the people. He said, go count the loaves. I'll bet when they came back with the report on how much there was, they were gloating. Lord, you have to send them away, because guess what? There's only five loaves and two little fish. Woo! Send them away, any country, any village, any restaurant, except our desert place. Lord said, come to sit down. <sighs> okay. Okay, Lord. But when this meal is over, they're gone. Okay? You do whatever you want to do here with this, Lord, but when this meal is over, send them away. They sat down. They gave him the five loaves and two fishes. You know what I believe about this? I believe the disciples were so angry that their vacation got interrupted, they did not appreciate at all that the Lord took five loaves and two fish and fed 5,000 men plus women and children. You say, well, why would you think that? They didn't consider it. They were so angry. You know, sometimes we cannot see the blessings of God for our own rotten attitudes. You got some grudge, you got some complaint, you got some problem, you got some little irritation. You cannot see how good God is being to you right here, right now, right where you're at, because you got your vacation messed up. And nothing comes between you and your me time. Amen. I think that's a good exegesis of the Scriptures. So they all ate. They were all filled. They took up 12 baskets. What do you think that they did with the 12 baskets? I know the disciples didn't eat it. 
I'm not eating bread and fish. That's all we ever get. Lord, we're looking for something a little different here. We're on vacation. You know, down in them southern vacations down there in Putin Kana, you get all the buffet. I'm having that, Lord. I am not eating bread and fish again. Not on vacation. And you know what I believe? Those disciples would have spent their 200 penny worth on themselves, but bless God, they weren't spending it on anyone else. Old Judas probably would have coughed up a few pennies for a T-bone steak for him, but he was not going to cough it up for those, those louses that ruined his vacation. Lord, we're on vacation here. We're eating like we're on vacation. We're not eating that. say, well, what did he do? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. <laughs> I don't know. Hard to say what. Maybe the, maybe the boy took him back. Maybe the lad took him home. I, I have no idea. Maybe they had seconds. I don't know. All I know is after they ate and after they were filled, vacation was over. Verse 45, vacation's done. Jesus says, back in the ship, boys. No vacation, Lord? No. I got something I'm going to teach you. There's something that you need to learn. And straightway, verse 45, he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. You know what? He got them out of Dodge before the people noticed their bad attitude about what he'd just done. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, he, you know how he sent them away? The same way he received them. With compassion. You know what he did? He saw people. You know what we don't do? We don't see people. We see problems. We see the problem with the people over in this section. You know the main problem with everybody over in this section? Is that they always sit in this section. And instead of seeing that they're people and they're here and not seeing the chairs that are not filled with people in this section, they just have problems with the people. You know what Jesus saw? He saw people. And when he saw the people, you know what he did? He had compassion. Now how can you look at a face like that and not have compassion? <laughs> Amen. He had compassion on you say, well, I don't go to that church. You, they got problems. Hello. You don't work either, I suppose, eh? Amen. You don't go to the grocery store. You don't do anything in the world because there's problems. Amen. But Jesus saw the people. They couldn't see the people. All they could see was themselves. And the fact that they were supposed to be on vacation and they were supposed to have Jesus in a private audience and they were going to have a meal. Amen. That's all they could see. And so Jesus said, all right, boys, vacation's over. I've taught them something. Now I'm going to teach you something. And that is what 45 to the end of the chapter is. Jesus is going to teach them a lesson. Straightway, he can... You know God wants to do great things for his people. Do you know God 
wants to do something great in your life. Amen. Amen. God wants to do great things. He wants to show up in your life in a great way. He wants to manifest His glory in your life so that you can bring praise and honor and glory to His name. He wants to be so real to you, amen, that everything else seems fake. He wants to be your all in all, amen. He wants wants to pass by your way. He wants to show you His glory, just like He did with Moses when He hit him in the cleft of the rock, just like He did with Elijah when Elijah came to the mouth of his cave He wants to show you His glory. That's our God. He wants us, when you look out into this world and you look across the beautiful landscape, He wants you to see His glory. When you look at your life and see where you were and where you are now, He wants you to see His glory. He wants you to recognize and acknowledge how He's working and moving in your life. And he wanted the disciples to see those people. That they were people. They were not problems. Amen. And so he said, all right, boys, get in the boat. And go over there to the other side. They got in the boat, set sail for the other side. And Jesus went to those, that multitude and he said, look, if you notice, my my disciples are wore out. You know, I don't believe Jesus threw his disciples under the bus. Amen? He just, the disciples are wore out. We're just going to send them over there. And and may God be with you all. And, you know, and he sends the people along their way. And when he had sent them away, in verse 46, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them. You know, back there when those people came to him, you know what he saw? He saw them. And those disciples are out in the midst of the sea and they're toiling in rowing and they're struggling in the tempestuous sea. And you know what? He saw them too. Amen. I'm just glad God sees. Amen. Whatever you're involved in or whatever situation you're dealing with or whatever you're going through, God sees you too. <sighs> trying to make it. Trying to make Trying to get. He sees you. He see, God sees you. You're not alone. God sees you. Amen. Amen. He knows all about your struggle. He knows all about the, the trouble of your mind and the distress and anguish of your soul. God knows and He sees. Amen. He sees them toiling and rowing for the wind was contrary. You know, they were in a... I don't know if you've ever been out on the ocean when the wind was contrary. I don't know if you have. Amen. I, I don't think I've been in that bad of a situation out on the ocean. Amen. But man, I remember a friend of mine, he was crossing on the Graham and Ann Ferry. And uh, they actually made a, uh, put out a video of this was the rockiest. I mean, th- there was times you could not see the bow or the stern. It was just up and down. I mean, scared for their lives, I'm sure. Amen. I mean, this was their situation. Every, the winds were contrary. And you know, there's times when everything seems to be going wrong. But God rose... Do you not believe God rose this storm up? I mean, He speaks to the winds and waves and they still 
Don't you think He's also the one that causes them to rise up? Amen? You know what He's doing? He's going to teach them a lesson about people. And He watches them. And about the fourth watch of the night, He cometh unto them. You ought to underline that. He cometh unto them. Amen? You know sometimes we, we think about when we're going through things in our life that it's we need to get to God. We need to get to God. We need to get to God. But let me tell you something. He'll come to you. He'll come to you. Amen? God wants to help you in your trouble. Amen? He will come to you. That's why you've got to acknowledge Him in all your ways and let Him direct your path. He will come to you. And the Bible says there that while they are out there toiling and the wind was contrary, He cometh unto them walking upon the sea. And you know what? The, the waves may be over your head, amen, but they are always under His feet. Amen? They're always under the Lord's feet. And He was walking on the sea. He was walking to them above their problems. He was walking them over top of their problems. And notice this phrase here, and would have passed by them. You know, I always thought of, I, this is the way I always interpreted that. He would have passed by them, but because of something, He didn't. Because of them, or... This is the way I always envisioned this in mind. Here they are toiling, rowing. Here they are toiling, rowing. And He was just going to pass by them. But do you know what it doesn't say? It, it does not say He would have passed them by. Look, look what it says. Or it does not say He would have passed by. Yeah, it does not say He would have passed them by. It says He would have passed them by them. He is going to pass by them. By them. He's going to pass by them. Not pass them by. Amen? God does not pass you by in your trouble. He is an ever-present help in time of trouble. Always. Amen? He's not going to pass you by. He's going to pass by you. Pass by you where you can... He, he, listen, he wants, he wants to show them His power. He wants them to know He cares. And He wants to pass by them where they can see Him. And it says, He would have. He would have done that. But, verse 49, But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit. You know why? They hadn't considered the loaves. Listen, I believe there's at least three reasons why they did not see him in their storm. Let me give you the first of these. First of all, in verse 48, they were too busy toiling. And rowing. You know, a lot of times you won't see God in the midst of your storm because you're too busy trying to work it out yourself. Amen. You're too, you know what? They were too busy worried about their R&R, &R, too busy worried about their vacation. They never saw God 
They never saw what he could do. They never saw those people as souls. I'm telling you, they were too busy toiling and rowing. When things got bad and the waters got rough, you would have thought they would have thrown up their hands and said, God, help! Lord, help! But no, they took up the... And listen, I'm not saying in the middle of your storm or trouble that you should not do all you know to do. But I mean, I'm not, you should not compromise. You should not quit. You should not, you should obey God. But you ought to fall on your knees and on your face before God say, Lord, be merciful to me. Help. Help. They just toiled. They got so busy trying to fix their own problem. The one who could have calmed the seas and would have passed by them, they didn't even see. They didn't even see. Isn't that amazing to you? Amen? They, they didn't recognize him for who he was. And listen, folks, there are going to be some things in life that happen in your life that happen to you that there's not a thing you did to deserve it. There's not a thing you can do about it. But what I'm trying to say to you this morning is let him pass by. And stop toiling and rowing and bailing and trying to make sense of everything. There's no sense to be made. Why is this, why me? Have I not, you know, no, no, no. Just look to him. He's there walking on the sea. There's not a problem you face. He cannot see you through. There's not a storm whose waves He cannot calm. There's not a cloud in the sky He cannot wipe away with one sweep of His hand. Amen. He's there, but maybe you can't see Him for the toiling. Amen. You know, sometimes in trouble, people just seem to constantly keep making the wrong choices. And God keeps putting these things in your way and you keep making the same wrong choice. You, instead of giving God first place, you give your family the first place. You give your jobs the first place. And things are going wrong and the winds are whipping and the storm's turning and He wants to pass you by. He wants to. But you're too busy trying to do it yourself. Just toiling, toiling and rowing, toiling and rowing. Man, I'm, i got to tell you something. If you missed one service last week, you missed the blessing. I'm not trying to say that to shame anybody here. But if you missed one, you really did miss something rich. Some good stuff. Amen. Amen. And you, you say, well, there's a storm. Well, I'm trying to keep this together. I, I, I need more money to do that. I'll tell you, the way to get your prayers answered is to let Him pass you by. Let him pass by your way. It's not to keep toiling and rowing and toiling. For all that, you get no further ahead. People are still mad at you. Troubles are still going on. You still don't have enough. You know when you'll have enough is when you give it all to God and throw up your hands and say, Lord, be merciful to me, and then you'll see him passing you by. He passed by here this week. Amen. They're so busy toiling and rowing toiling and rowing. In verse 51 and 52, we find that when the wind had finally ceased, they were amazed. They could not believe that He could speak to the sea and it would obey Him. 
You know why they couldn't? Listen, if you're here this morning and you don't think God can fix your problem, you have the same problem they had. And that is they were not impressed with what God had already done. God saved your soul. You've seen your children saved. You've seen your family grow together. You've seen God do some amazing things. But you're not impressed by it. Do you realize in the book of Mark what had already happened? Well, let me tell you, in case you hadn't. Already recorded in the first five chapters of the book of Mark, a man with an unclean spirit was healed. Many diseased and possessed were helped. That's what the Bible says, many. I don't know how many is, but it's many. It's more than a few. A leper is cleansed. A man with palsy is restored. A man with the withered hand had been restored. The demoniac of Gadara had legions of devils cast out of him. Jairus' daughter was raised to life. 5,000 people were fed, and they were amazed he could calm their storm. Same way. Some new situation arises. And we get so busy toiling and rolling, we forget God took care of it then. He took care of it then. He took care of it here. And if I commit my way to him, he's going to take care of it here. They were not impressed with what he'd already done. We do a lot of crying, a lot of presuming about what's going to happen. We profess to know that we know exactly what's going on. And for all of that, just around the next corner, there's the Lord. He's waiting to pass by. But you can't see Him. Because you haven't considered what He's already done. He's teaching them a good lesson here. Amen. And I hope He teaches that same lesson to us. Then we take for granted what God has already done. You know why we don't truly appreciate these things we read in the Bible? Well, because we weren't there. We weren't there. Folks, what has God done for you? You say, well, God hasn't done anything for me. Then you need to get saved. Because He does not leave His children alone. Amen. Those who He saves, He cares for. He promises provision and care. He promises you'll have a roof and clothes on your back. Amen. God's made promises for us. So if God hasn't done anything for you, you're not saved. God is faithful. His mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. It's time that we start being impressed. You know why you can't get the victory? You know why every decision's a storm? Why you struggle over every little crook in the road where you, oh, what am I going to do? It's because you haven't thought enough about what God has already done. Amen. You know what? Joshua forced the children of Israel to a crossroad. Choose you this day. You want to follow the God who delivered us from Pharaoh by His mighty hand and led us across the Red Sea by His mighty hand, provided for us shoes that would never wear out, gave us water out of a rock, rained quail and manna down from heaven. Choose you. Consider what God has already done. 
They didn't care. They weren't impressed at all. In verse 49, we find the third thing. It says, but when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. You know what they did? They allowed their supposing to outweigh their better judgment. They supposed that this was... Now, these were fishermen. And you know anything about fishermen, you know that they're pretty superstitious characters. These were fishermen. It's a spirit. It's, a, it's you know, the, the man of the waters. It's the boogeyman of the deep. You know? Instead of considering that it could have been Jesus who had just fed 5,000 out of five loaves and two fish, they began to suppose. Well, I'll tell you what, folks. When you get in the middle of a storm, your imagination will take you to places you should never go. You know who you should see in the storm? Jesus, who has been there before you. Who is there now for you. Amen? Amen? They should have known the Lord would come to them. He'd never left them alone. He'd never forsaken them. He'd never quit on them. He'd never given them any reason to believe He would not be there for them. Amen? The Lord loved them. He showed that to them over and over, even in their unbelief, even in their questions, even in their, all the problems that they had. The Lord loved them. You know what the Bible says there in 49? It says, they saw him. They saw him. But you know what? They didn't see him. That is a marvel to me. They saw him, but you know what? They supposed it was not him. How can you not see God working? See the... And listen, God's hand... I mean... They saw him, is what I'm trying to They saw him. But they didn't see him for who he was. They supposed. You know, sometimes the way the Lord meets our needs, the way the Lord takes care of us, is through the face of someone else. The Lord working in someone else. Well, they just, they just think they're better than me. Oh, you suppose? You know, a lot of people won't receive help from other people because they're not humble enough to admit that God might work through someone else to help them. You just suppose they have an agenda. You just suppose that they have an ulterior motive. And so you hide your storm inside of you. And you suppose that it's not him when somebody knocks on the door or makes that phone call and says, hey, you suppose it's just them being nosy. And really, it's Him. They allowed their suppositions to outweigh their better judgment. They also. He, he didn't pass by them as He could have. But you know something about the Lord? And I, and I'm not making excuses. I just want you to see something about how the Lord is. They did not believe Him. They did not consider what He had already done. Amen. They, they, 
They were toiling and rowing, trying to take care of it themselves. In verse 50 it says, For they all saw him and were troubled. And as soon as they were troubled, you know what he did? He talked to them. You know, to the Lord, he, he looked past the fact that those people earlier had interrupted their vacation and he saw them as people. And with his disciples, he looked past the fact they were trying to do it themselves. He looked past the fact that they were supposing he was something he wasn't. He looked past the fact that they ignored the feeding of the 5,000. And you know what he did when he saw they were troubled? He said, it is I. You know what I mean? It's me. It's me. I don't know if you've ever been there in the middle of a storm and everything's mush in your head and you can't think straight and nothing's making sense. And that still small voice says, it is I. Be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship. That's our God. That's our God. In spite of their questions, their disbelief, the fact they were unimpressed with what he'd already done, he knew who they were and he said, hey, it's all right. You know what he could have? He could have showed a miraculous display of his glory. Who knows? You said, yeah, he did. He calmed the storms in the sea. Who knows what he could have done? Sometimes we're satisfied with just a little bit of what God can do. Because it gets us out of trouble that we miss what God could do. Say, what could he have done beyond that? Quite a question. Amen. But he spoke to them. Be of good cheer. And they were amazed. Amazed in themselves beyond measure. Amen. And wondered. I don't know if any of you remember back when I preached a message on that. It says it should, I preached on it shouldn't be a wonder. People are so shocked when they see God move and God work. And we ought to be thankful, yes. We ought to be impressed with His greatness. But God delights to do things for His people. God delights in our prayers. He delights to answer our prayers. Why is it such a shock to you that God would do that for you? He's been doing that for you. Amen. He... In spite of ourselves, God has been taking care of us. He has been there for us. You say, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that if you're in a storm, maybe you should consider stopping the rowing. Why not put the oars down and see the salvation of the Lord? I'm saying if you're, if you're in a storm, maybe you should consider the other storms God has already brought you through. I'm saying if you're in a storm, maybe you should stop allowing your imagination to suppose so many outcomes and trust your better judgment that God knows We don't, but he does. 
I think he taught those disciples that day something they probably never forgot. They saw people interrupting their vacation. God saw people that had souls, that had needs, that had troubles, that needed what he had. And so he put those disciples out onto a sea and caused the wind and the waves to come up and make them scared for their lives. And he taught them that he would treat them the exact same way as he treated those others. He always put others before himself. He's with you in your trouble, folks. Amen. Whatever storm, whatever thing is going on, but you need to see him. You need to see him. And you need to change whatever it is that's not like him and submit yourself to him and remember it for next time. Next time the storm rises up, remember what he did before. Amen? Victory will come a whole lot sooner when you remember what God has already done. Let's stand together this morning. See him. That's what we were pointed to all week long. Stop the rowing. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Remember what God has already done. You're facing something you think is a mountain too high. And yet with a faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, He'll cause the mountain to fall into the sea. And He's there in your trouble. Maybe your storm is an ongoing storm, friend. Something you've been dealing with for a long time. Why don't you acknowledge Him, see Him, stop falling back into the same traps, the same snares. Stop making the same foolhardy decisions and commit your way unto the Lord. And do right. You know, in a storm, a captain of a ship in a storm, he just doesn't throw in the towel and forget about all the instruments and forget about the compass and forget about all... No, you know, they keep going through the routines. They keep doing their checks. They keep doing whatever they can do. While looking for a break in the storm. What you need to do, folks, when you're in that storm, keep following the instrument, God's Word. Keep looking unto Jesus. Keep doing what's right. And see Him. See Him in the storm.